0: onwards, I used to keep a big cuttings book. I cut out pictures of any aeroplane I could find and stuck them in there.
1: Jeff Wellham was another early convert for whom pilots were heroes.
2: As a boy, I lived near North Weald Airfield, and my dad used to take me over to look at the aeroplanes. In those days, it was a fighter airfield, and they were gaily painted in squadron colours, reds, whites, blues, huge roundels on them. Knights of old, as it were. And the mere sight of them and the pilots climbing into them, they were my heroes. And I wanted to fly from that day on.
1: One prominent showcase for the technological developments in aviation was the Schneider Trophy. Launched in 1911, it became a regular race, with rival nations competing to win the prize. Supermarine. The company that would later develop the Spitfire won for a third successive time in 1931, thereby securing the trophy for Britain permanently. Nigel Rose, another future pilot, was captivated by the Schneider Trophy.
2: The races were pushing the boundaries of aviation into the future. I mean, these planes were flying at speeds which hadn't been thought of before. I think practically every young person who had read Biggles uh, will understand that this was romantic stuff altogether. Looking at planes was one
1: thing, but it would be the experience of flying in them that would really capture these boys' imaginations. Bob Doe explains.
0: There's a feel to flying which is unique. You're in control of a large lump of machinery which is doing what you want it to do. And you can do things that no one else on Earth can do, unless they're flying an aeroplane. And to be able to sit up above a place and look down at it and see what's happening below, it's all a lovely mystery. I just love it.
1: In the early 1930s, some boys were fortunate enough to get the opportunity to actually fly in an aeroplane. Alan Cobham was a member of the Royal Flying Corps during the First World War. In the 1920s, he was to become one of the most celebrated pilots of the decade, flying from London to Cape Town and from London to Melbourne and back, landing his seaplane on the Thames next to the Houses of Parliament. Cobham was met by cheering crowds, and he was the first pilot to convince governments and the wider public that air transport was a feasible option for long distances. It was when his so-called Flying Circus came to town that Gerald Stapleton became airborne for the first time.
0: "'Ellen Cobham's Air Circus came to our school and landed on the football pitch. I went up for a five-shilling trip. It was extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. You never had any idea what the earth looked like from way above it. To see what we lived in from the air, and worked in and played in, we had a big playground, and that was where you saw part of your life going through. And I remember the noise of the aeroplanes, and that the pilots were all laid-back characters. You automatically thought, well,
1: I'd like to be one of them, because they were all heroes to us, flying aeroplanes. For those inspired by Cobham as boys, the arrival of adulthood provided opportunities to learn to fly for themselves. Peter Brothers didn't
2: wait any longer than necessary to take up the challenge. I was never interested in toy trains... After all, they were stuck to rails. I was interested in aeroplanes, and uh, I used to have model aeroplanes, these oil-silk-skin jobs powered by an elastic band. <laughs> uh, you wound the propeller up and launched them, and um, I used to fly those. And when I was 16, my father said, "'It's time you got this bug out of your system, "'and for your birthday present you're going to learn to fly, "'and then you'll get bored with it and settle down "'and come into the family business.' And so I learned to fly, and, uh, and that was it. As soon as I was 17 and a half, I applied for the Air Force. So Peter
1: Brothers joined 32 Squadron in 1936, and his passion for flying would lead to him becoming one of the most successful pilots in the Battle of Britain. He received numerous honours and was appointed an air commodore during the latter part of the war. There were essentially three routes for converting early enthusiasm into actual training... The most formal was to join the RAF and attend their officer training college at Cranwell. For Alan Wright, Cranwell was the first step in joining the RAF for a permanent career. My dad and my uncles
0: had been in the RAF, so I hadn't really been in contact with any other business except aeroplane.